Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP J-O-S-H Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. GOP Josh is a young conservative influence with a lot of power. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Welcome in, everyone. This is the Conservative Crusader. Glad to be with you all today, as always, here on the program. My name is GOP Josh, your ever-so-humble host. Appreciate you all hopping on with us tonight on this September 15th, 2023, year of our Lord, here on the Red Future Radio Network. So later in the program, you'll get to meet a friend of mine. His name is Austin Beigel. Uh, He is running for the Ohio House of Representatives, which uh, this is a national, uh, naturally received program, but is the number one Ohio political podcast in the nation. So we wanted to get into it and talk about it uh, and talk about Ohio with Austin. Um, he is a great patriot. We were incredibly glad to sit down with him, speak with him about his campaign. Um, and I'm supporting him at this point. He's a great candidate. You will hear from him in about 10 minutes, but stay with me here, folks as we're going to get into some national news before we get to the proper Ohio segment in the fourth portion of the program tonight. Uh, First and foremost, you can call into the program. The phone number is 574-675-6747. That is 57-GOP-JOSH-7 for those who are uh, like typing letters into their phone. Um, 57-GOP-JOSH-7 brought to you by our patreon.com slash GOP-JOSH supporters. Uh, you don't have to be a Patreon supporter to use that phone line, but they do make the phone line possible. That is patreon.com slash gopjosh, patreon.com. So, first of all, uh, in the Jack Smith case, which is about the, uh, against President Trump, which is about the Donald, uh, about the Capitol riot, so to speak, um, even though Trump said this. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. But that doesn't matter to Jack Smith. That doesn't matter to the left. 
Uh, and so they're seeking a narrow gag order for Donald Trump uh, in this election interference case. So now they're trying to silence a political opposition candidate, not only through um, through prosecuting him, but actually trying to physically silence him and say, you're going to violate the law if you don't stop tweeting or truthing about what he says. Um, so this is from NBC. A redacted copy of a government filing released Friday after an order from U.S. District Judge Tanya Chukin uh, comes in connection with the election interference case of four criminal cases the former president is facing, two of which are federal. Um, citing threats against individuals former President Trump has targeted, a special counsel Jack Smith is asking a federal judge for a narrowly tailored gag order um, that restricts the 2024 presidential candidate from making certain extrajudicial uh, extra statements about the election interference case brought against him. The office wrote, uh, the defendant has established uh, an, um, an established practice of issuing inflammatory public statements targeted at individuals or institutions that pres, uh, present an obstacle or challenge to him. Um, so, Trump put on Truth Social on August 4th, which is a based Truth Social post. He said, quote, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. Uh, August 4th uh, on Truth Social. Uh, Trump, the office wrote, has made good on his threat, spreading disparaging and inflammatory public posts on Truth Social on a near daily basis regarding the citizens of D.C., the court, prosecutors, and prospective witnesses. No, guys. Oh, Jack Smith here, guys. Oh, my God. Trump is hurting my feelings. Oh. Are you kidding me? Trump's putting Truth Social posts out. Making you cry yourself to sleep, Jack Smith, because you're you're lying to the people. You're in, interfering in our elections. In the Trump Truth Social posts, there's nothing wrong with them. There's not a problem. There's nothing inflammatory. There's nothing that's going to hurt anyone in those Truth Social posts. But oh my goodness, guys, I'm Jack Smith and I'm going to cry myself to sleep because Trump is just so mean on Truth Social. Mean Truth's bad. Mean bad. Orange man bad. He has the right to speak. He has the right to say whatever he wants to say about the special counsel. He's the president of the United States, for goodness sakes. He is a guy that has won the highest office in the land twice, served in the highest on the land uh, once, and is, is set to win for a third time and serve for a second. And you're trying to silence this guy because he hurts your feelings on a social media account. Big whoop. I mean, I, I, I'm incredibly tired of, of the political persecutions of Donald Trump. I'm tired of covering them. I'm tired of having to waste my airtime to talk about them. But I'm incredibly tired when they are just making news to make news. Nothing will change if Jack Smith puts a gag order on the president. Nothing. He might not say something pretty cool um, during the rally that might go viral. I mean, he has great rally speeches, great clips uh, from the rallies that he does all over the nation. He might not do one of those and, and get one less clip. Okay, big whoop. He's still going to win the nomination and still win the presidency. This is pointless. It's incredibly stupid. And if Jack Smith is getting his feelings hurt uh, from stupid posts on Truth Social, not even stupid posts, just posts on Truth Social, um, he has a problem on his own. So true. And as one of our 
maybe future stories on Monday we might cover on Monday, depending on what happens over the weekend. Uh, Corey Lewandowski would say on CNN, I read about wah, wah, Jack Smith. No one cares. No one cares. We do a little trolling. It's called We Do a Little Trolling. So, Jack, buddy boy, you're looking at the truth social and you're just crying yourself to sleep, man. There's more to life than trying to take down the greatest president of our lifetime. It's true. And so if if you're looking at this and you're in the office and you're like, oh, I, I don't like it. Well, whatever. Big whoop. I don't really care. Um, really quickly here, I want to get to this because I don't think we'll have much time to do it after the fact. We might do it, uh, pick up on the other side of the interview. Uh, the last thing I would do, Trump says he'll unlikely to, he's unlikely to pardon himself if he wins in 2024. Uh, former President Donald Trump said he's unlikely to pardon himself if he is reelected president in 2024, even though he could have done so in 2021, according to an interview with NBC News. Um, you think I think it's very unlikely. What what did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. You mean I challenge an election? They want to put me in jail. Um, not sure if we have, have a clip of that section, but we have a clip here from CNN with uh, Chris Sununu, who's just a big anti-Trump uh, rhino. Can we play the cut? We don't have that cut. All right, we'll work on that. Um, Trump also maintained in the interview that he could, he could have done a preemptive pardon to, uh, to himself in 2021, but declined to do so. We do have that CNN clip. Let's play the cut here. It's about this idea that has been tossed around as he's facing all of these legal issues about whether or not he would pardon himself if he were to be reelected. This is what he said. I was told by some people that these are sick lunatics that I'm dealing with. Give yourself a pardon. Your life will be a lot easier. I said, I would never give myself a pardon. Even if you were reelected in this moment? Well, I think it's very unlikely. What, what did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. You mean because I challenged an election, they want to put me in jail? Do you and believe that if he and was that's the cut reelected- um, that I wanted to play here from the CNN uh, interview with Chris Sununu, and I don't care what Chris Sununu has to say. He's irrelevant. Um, so we're going to get into that a little bit after the break, after our interview with Austin Beigel, writing for State Representative. I really enjoyed sitting down with Austin. He did a great job, I think. I think it was probably one of his first post-announcement interviews. He announced Wednesday, uh, and we had him on uh, yesterday. So I think it's one of the first ones at least recorded um, for his campaign. I'm incredibly happy to see him running, and we'll get to that here after the break. Cannot wait, my friends, for you to catch this. And we'll be back with you after the break here with Austin Beigel on the Red Future Radio Network. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Well, welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. Joining us today is, I, I like to put this in especially uh, with the, the record he has. He's a family man. He is an anti-abortion activist here in the state of Ohio. He is with the group End Abortion Ohio. And he's also a candidate for Ohio State Representative, hopefully challenging uh, Blue 22 Rhino Jeff LeRae. Joining us now is Austin Beigel. Uh, Austin, welcome to the program. How are you? Doing well. Hello, GOP Josh. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you. I appreciate you hopping on, and I've been meaning to get you on for a while now, but especially with this big news that you just announced yesterday, it's very cool to finally have you on the program. 
I gave a short introduction, but uh, introduce yourself a little further. Who are you and why are you running for state representative? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a husband, father of three, president of End Abortion Ohio. We try and fight for the personhood rights for the preborn, U.S. Army veteran, and just recently declared that I'm seeking public office as a state representative in Fairfield County, which is at least today called District 73. We'll see if that stays. Uh, but yeah, I had a passion for constitutional values and conservative principles my whole life and really just want to be involved in, in the, the next generation, that, that movement that's coming up around the country and fight for the principles we believe in. Well, I didn't realize you were a veteran, so thank you for your service. Um, really quickly here on the end abortion Ohio thing, you guys are actually fighting to end abortion, right? Because I know there's some groups out there and we're, we're going to get to that in a little bit of a second. Um, there's some groups out there that aren't really interested in, in any abortion. So is, is end Ohio uh, end abortion Ohio? Is there, is there goal in their name, so to speak? Yeah, absolutely. We, we want to make ourselves not needed anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to no longer have to be president of end abortion Ohio. And, and we're trying to do that for real, like truly end it, uh, abolish it. Uh, we believe in the personhood of every human being and that humanity and personhood are one in the same. And if you ever try and deviate those concepts or divorce them from one another, it always leads to discrimination and ultimately the death. And that's what we see happening in abortion and especially in Ohio. For far too long, we've tried to regulate this down rather than appealing to our own constitution, the 14th Amendment, even the Fifth Amendment. You can make the case that abortion is unconstitutional. We believe the state legislatures across the country should be making those personhood arguments uh, from the beginning and and always stand on that. And that's incredibly refreshing to hear. So we're going to get in a minute to uh, the abolition of abortion in Ohio Act, which is something uh, we'll, we'll get to in a, a second. Uh, but Jeff LaRae is your current representative. As of right now, you're challenging him. He's a blue 22 rhino, but I think it goes deeper than that for you. Uh, what made you decide to challenge him? Definitely what I've seen from so-called Republicans around the state is that they'll say certain things and then not do the things they say they were going to do. And, you know, with Representative Larray, I've had a number of conversations with him this year uh, on the abortion issue and the, the sanctity of life issue in general. I brought pastors from his county to him to tell him we expect, you know, not just for you to vote on, on random bills, but to actually lead on this issue, to be a voice for the preborn. Every day in Ohio, 57 babies per day are still being killed in their mother's wombs. And that's only the ones that the state requires the clinics to report. And so we're not just looking for someone who goes along to get along and maybe votes pro-life here and there, but we want real passionate people who believe in the sanctity of life and, and the personhood rights I spoke of and definitely wasn't getting that from uh, my current representation. Uh, it even went so far as to with the, the former issue one in August on the, the constitutional threshold, uh, Representative Ray was one of five Republicans who voted no <laughs> to not even send that to a vote. And, and that was after he told me that uh, the reason he didn't want to pursue the abolition of abortion in Ohio Act was because he was uh, worried about how that would uh, affect, you know, the issue one and uh, the coming abortion amendment. So he's telling me he's concerned about those things, but then he directly goes out there and votes no. So it's your classic case of you know, saying one thing and doing another. Uh, it felt like appeasing and uh, not actually believing in, in the cause. 
I completely agree with you. So uh, about the abolition of abortion in Ohio Act, according to the Centennial, who's a, a great paper, they did a lot of reporting on the Lizzie Marbach situation we covered here on the program. Uh, in abortion, Ohio is trying to get that through the state house. According to a statement I saw on social media, the bill will no longer be introduced when you expected it to. Uh, did that have any influence on your decision to run? You know, I had decided before then it was certainly confirmation uh, that that uh, journalist there you're talking about, the, the Republic Sentinel, for sure. They, they do some great coverage on real conservative issues. Uh, and so uh, by then I had already known I was going to pursue the state representative in this district here. But it certainly was a confirmation that th- this was the right decision. It was needed. Uh, the, the shocking opposition that that bill received from what we would typically think are our allies. Uh, you know, it, it's always upsetting to see that. And it wasn't a complete surprise because I've seen it happen in other states. And I was warned it could very possibly happen in Ohio, and it did. And it just, uh, you know, continued to light that fire inside of me to, to keep fighting for the principles and standing for what's right, no, no matter uh, who comes out against it. I completely agree. And I, I want to kind of get into, because with Jeff LeRae, he's a strong uh, opponent. He has a lot of money. He's got a lot of name recognition. And, and so I'm a little worried. Uh, the abolition of abortion in Ohio Act was actually lobbied against by an Ohio Right to Life board member, also uh, from the Republic Centennial reporting on that. Um, one of my first questions about your candidacy when I heard you were announcing is, are you worried about Ohio Right to Life possibly working against your campaign, working against trying to get you elected? And and how are you going to combat their big money, their their big name wreck, their their people behind them. I'm I'm more worried about the moral stance they take on these type of issues rather than looking at my campaign. I know the grassroots conservatives and those who actually want to end abortion will, will come behind me and support me. Yeah, there, there's definitely going to be big money interests that don't want me saying the things I'm going to be saying. <laughs> Even on the campaign trail, I'm going to be saying the things and I'll be saying the same things when I do get elected. But yeah, when you look at their endorsements and their platform, I'll, I'll just be open and frank about it. The president of Ohio Right to Life signed a letter saying he firmly opposes personhood. And that's a concept that I hold dearly. And we're talking personhood for the preborn under the 14th Amendment. He, he won't go there. And uh, you can find that letter yourself. It's called an open letter to state lawmakers. It was signed on May 12th, 2022. He did not even tell the rest of the staff at Ohio Right to Life he was doing that. And so people had to find out on their own, like, why did we just sign this letter? And it was in opposition to the abolition of abortion in Louisiana Act, which I was there in person uh, to help lobby for and was there to to see it all play out. So, yeah, maybe maybe I will get some opposition from uh, these pro-life organizations that have shown themselves to actually not support the actual end of uh, abortion that just kind of want to regulate it and and tone it down maybe in their words. So before we get to fundraising, because I want to ask you about that as well, it's very important to run a campaign, even on this this quote-unquote low of a level, although it's not a low office and it's incredibly important. Um, top three issues for Ohio today. You have three things you can do in your first term. What are they? Yeah, definitely lead with the bill. I, I was trying to get filed right now, the Abolition of Abortion in Ohio Act. All of our other constitutional rights our God-given rights that are protected by the Constitution, you know, they're, they're subject to our right to life. We have to live to have those. So definitely keep pushing forward on this issue. Uh, number two, really, I'm going with the phrase like bring government back home and that so many of our represent- representatives today feel 
unreachable and very unrelatable to the, the common person, Absolutely. the average Ohioan. And so I'm leading with a policy where I'm going to be having office hours in my own house, I, like come over for dinner as my constituent. <laughs> Once a week, I'm having constituents over from dinner and I'll, I'll be having meetings every week at local businesses around me. I don't care about special interests. Uh, you look at some of our representatives records on what type of law bills they introduce and they're all big interests, big money issues. They're not the actual common person thing. They're not having the conversations with your regular person here in their pains, their day-to-day things that they get stuck in these big meetings all day and that's all they listen to. Uh, and then number three, um, definitely the, the taxation is something I'm focusing on. Primarily I'm looking at the property tax in Ohio, uh, having a house here in Pickerington, the property tax is unreal high. And a lot of that was caused, uh, you know, due to the, the mishandling of our economy during COVID and the housing market went crazy and property taxes are crazy. And so it's breaking the backs of people in my County. And I've had a lot of conversations, people saying, I lived in Rhode Island for 20 years and I'm paying more property tax in Ohio and a, a super majority red state. Like what's going on? <laughs> so definitely having those conversations too. Really quickly here. This is probably a yes or no. Uh, what are your thoughts on the income tax in Ohio and should we abolish it? Yes, absolutely. want to see that completely phased out as soon as possible. Uh, having conversations with a few different PACs and, and people pushing for that as well uh, in the Ohio legislature currently and absolutely going to support them on that. Great to hear that. So Something that's not asked a lot in these sort of interviews and these sort of conversations is an ability to fundraise. Um, you have to have a fundraising operation that can – and I'm kind of vetting you because I, I want to support your campaign. I'm a big fan of your, your work. So I'm vetting you as a, as a potential uh, supporter here. Uh, do you have the resources to challenge an incumbent and challenge the special interests, challenge the Chamber of Commerce, challenge all those people that might be working for your opponent? I do. Yeah. Uh, my day job, I, I work for a, a marketing agency. I, I can do all my uh, digital production. If you saw my announcement video, we have really, really talented people doing storytelling and marketing plans. Just side note here really quick. I'm going to interrupt. Ahead. I'm going to interrupt a second. I sent that video to one of my friends once you announced and, and she said, there's no reason for you to ask about fundraising. He's doing this video. He's got a lot of money. And I'm like, well, <laughs> well, 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 I still want to make sure. <laughs> no, look, I'm not personally a super wealthy guy by myself, but uh, there are a lot of people who believe in the causes and the principles that you and I believe in, and they're willing to help and lend their talents. And I think people in the blue 22 are going to be really surprised when you get like really quality opposition and allies coming out from everywhere to, to rally around these causes and, and get them out. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can go to austinbible.com, see everything I believe. I'm, I'm an open book. If you go to my issues page, I lay out everything I believe about everything. And whether you agree or disagree, I want to have a conversation with you. I want to talk about how we can change the county uh, and move forward together. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad to hear your answer. I'm, I'm glad that you have a marketing firm behind you because a lot of these candidates come from the grassroots, come from activism. And I know you're obviously doing more than that, but that's just kind of what I what I see. And they are doing videos on their iPhone, which is great until you're trying to put that in front of a TV audience or you're trying to, to actually put that on digital ads. And then it's not so as well received. Your announcement video was great. And at this point, I'd like to say you've kind of won me over. Not going to endorse you yet. We'll see if that comes down <laughs> the line. But you've won me over. I'm glad to have you on sometime again. Uh, you already kind of mentioned your website, but where are you on social media, your Facebook, your ex or formerly Twitter? Instagram, LinkedIn, all that fun stuff. Uh, where can people find you and support your campaign? 
Yeah, most of it's just my name, Austin Beigel, uh, spelled A-U-S-T-I-N-B-E-I-G-E-L, austinbeigel.com. You can find me on uh, all the social media, as you mentioned. Uh, please reach out to me. Email address is ohio at austinbeigel.com. Love to meet you, especially if you're in Fairfield County and, and District 73. Come talk to me. Let's go to lunch and, and talk about how we can get this county and district back to the conservative principles we believe in. So true. And I might be over in that area soon doing an event of some sort. I'll, I'll keep you informed on that. Love to have you there as well. Uh, Austin Beigel, awesome. thank you for joining me on the program today. I'm so excited for your campaign and so excited to have you back on. Um, and, and yeah, thanks for hopping on. Thank you, GOP Josh. I appreciate your, your boldness. Well, thank you. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe Josh. We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash Josh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash the Conservative Crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Austin Beigel running for state representative against Jeff Lorino. Uh, Jeff Luray, career politician, big-time political guy, not a big fan of him uh, whatsoever, never have been. I had the opportunity to support him and, and meet him during his campaign for OH15 when he ran against uh, Mike Carey, who I supported, and I I generally am happy that I supported Mike Carey. We, we can get into that some other time um, against, uh, what are some other candidates? Uh, Bob Peterson in that race, uh, Thad Cooper Ryder, and I, I chose to support Mike, but I had the opportunity to meet Jeff Luray Never been a big fan of the guy. He's the establishment pick. He was endorsed by Steve Stivers. Um, nice guy, just he's an establishment guy. And so um, we'll see where that goes. I hope his campaign's successful. AustinBeigel.com, A-U-S-T-I-N-B-E-I-G-E-L.com. Uh, check his out in the top link in the show notes below tonight. So go ahead and check that out. So we were talking before the break and before the interview about President Trump possibly issuing a preemptive pardon of himself. And we're not going to get into that much deeper into this, but I want to give my thoughts because I didn't have a chance to before we get uh, up against the clock. Um, and so I am incredibly supportive of President Trump issuing himself a pardon. Sounds kind of wonky because I, I maintain the belief he did nothing wrong, but just because I maintain that belief doesn't mean people who hate him will not maintain that belief, right? I, I completely and totally believe President Trump did nothing wrong. He did not commit a crime, and he will not be found guilty of a crime. But pardoning himself clears the air. It takes the focus off of his criminal investigations. It takes the focus off of everything else and allows him to do what he needs to do in his second term, should it be third term, um, governing the country and actually leading the country and the Republican Party. So I actually support 
a Trump pardon. I support President Trump pardoning everyone involved in January 6th, uh, up until the FBI uh, informants that are getting arrested. I don't think they should be uh, given any mercy. But I do think that Trump guys should be... I mean, they, they walked on the grass and they're getting charged 15 years. I mean, that's stupid. And Trump should pardon them, clear their record. I also think he should pardon a lot of people close to him that might be getting uh, guilty. Even that includes uh, Jenna Ellis, uh, you know, Rudy Giuliani, the people that are, are possibly getting charged in federal cases here soon. He should issue them a pardon. Um, Edward Snowden, you know, people like him. And I think he could make good use of the pardon position that he has um, in the presidency. I really do. And so, and people said he could have pardoned the January 6th people before um, he got out of office. That's not true. Um, he was impeached on January 13th. While you're under an impeachment investigation, you cannot pardon people. And you can't issue a preemptive pardon for everyone that was in the square foot range of January 6th. That, that doesn't work. Now that there are names, now that there are people in jail, now that there are people under investigation, we now have names and we can actually do something about it. Um, and so I would support that and I would support massive January 6th pardons and I believe he would do that. Um, that's why I'm supporting him. And I, I don't need to go into that about Trump. You all know I'm supporting him. He's our guy, folks. He's our guy. Um, all right. So quickly here, Lauren Boebert. I met her uh, while I was in D.C. She was very nice. She was very civil. I have one of her challenged coins. She's a nice person overall. Um, she is quite the politician, though. And what I mean by that is she is in a very, 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 very tight district. She lost she closest congressional district in the country. Of course, there's 435 of them. But it, she was very close. Um I think it was down to a couple hundred votes, and the guy asked, said he didn't want to recount the votes. Um, quickly here, I'm seeing a newswire about the UAW strike, and that we should cover that. We'll cover that on Monday, folks. Um, so really quickly here. Uh, so Lauren Boebert um, is in a very tight re-election. She is incredibly, um, incredibly uh, volatile. She's very possible, uh, it's very possible she loses. Um, with Trump on the ticket, I don't see that likely, but 2026 would be difficult for Republicans to win if she's the nominee. Um, and she went to see Beetlejuice on Thursday uh, today, or actually the video surfaced uh, today. She went to see it Sunday night, where she was escorted out of a performance of the musical. Uh, the video obtained by 9news.com appears to contradict a statement from Boebert's office, so she was kicked out for being disruptive, uh, for vaping in front of a pregnant woman, uh, for this and that. Um, a video shows Barbara leaning down to grab an object from her handbag under her seat. She then brings the object to her mouth and is seen blowing smoke from it while other attendees around try to find their seats. A woman sitting behind her is seen speaking to her during the incident. The woman who is pregnant told the Denver Post that she asked Bobert to stop vaping and that the lawmaker refused. She was also then seen taking flash photos during the performance before security approached her and asked her to leave. Boebert's campaign manager, Drew Sexton, confirmed in a statement on the Hill that Boebert was escorted out of the theater Sunday, but denied the claims the congresswoman was vaping. Um, I can confirm the stunning and, and salacious rumors in her personal time. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is indeed a supporter of the performing arts. Gasp. And to the dismay of a select few, enthusiastically enjoyed a weekend performance of Beetlejuice. Um, Boebert said... 
It's true, I did thoroughly enjoy the amazing Beetlejuice at the Buell Theater, and I plead guilty to laughing and singing too loud. According to an incident uh, reported report obtained by the Denver Post, the two part patrons were warned during the intermission to stop certain behavior after three audience members complained. The patrons were escorted, that being Lauren Boebert, uh, after security reviewed another complaint, but the patrons being loud at the time they were recording. And so, I'm a theater guy. I like the performing arts. I've been involved in them. I'm a, a musical guy to myself. I'm not a big Beetlejuice fan, but, you know, to each their own. Um, if I was on that stage, and I, I like Lauren Boebert. She's a great congresswoman doing great work in Washington. One of the great, um, strong standing up against McCarthy. Um, but if you look at this as someone who is performing on stage, your goal is to not have people disrupting you. Um, you've th these actors. I don't know if it was a professional cast or a high school cast or a college cast, but these actors put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of enthusiasm into this production of Beetlejuice, and they are just not really a big fan of people disrupting them. Um. They shouldn't really sing during a performance, I believe. And I'm I'm sorry to say that, and I know people are going to get mad at me for not defending Lauren Boebert, but I don't really care. Um, you should respect the performance performers that are on stage. You should not be dancing and singing. You should not be uh, taking flash photography. You should not be vaping. Um, and so I'm actually standing with the the uh, the theater people at this one and, and at this juncture. Um, I like Lauren Boebert. She's a great, and I don't think it's going to be disqualifying, but I really think you need to respect performers, especially when you're going to their um, their venue and listening to them perform and, and all the people around you paying a lot of money for tickets, disrupting that, I'm not a big fan of. So I kind of stand with, with Lauren Boebert in a way. I stand with the performing arts in a way. But I mean, you got you got to take this seriously. You got to look at it and and be like, okay, we got to do something about this. Okay, we can't just have her disrupting the whole thing. And so I, I respect that, um, very much so. All right, friends, we're gonna be back here in just a moment for our Ohio segment today. We have two stories. Um, a pro fracking letter got sent out um to state parks, I believe it was too. Um, to state board barrels um, about protected wildlife areas, uh, public comments were released, and apparently 150 were released, and the names of the people on them did not consent uh, to have their name on them. We'll talk about that after the break. Also, a non-political story here in Ohio before we go into our football weekend. Uh, who are they playing against this weekend? Is it uh, Western Kentucky? Um, an Ohio corn maze is named one of the most iconic fall activities. So for our Ohio folks, we'll tell you where to find that. After the break, here on the Red Future Radio Network. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader.
Oh, well, welcome back, folks. This is the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Feature Radio Network, brought to you by our Fiverr-sponsored uh, link. Go to bit.ly slash gopjoshfiverr to find out about that. That's F-I-V-E-R-R. Because I love this song. All right. Uh, quick football update for the weekend uh, before we go into this big weekend. Uh, the Battle of the Undefeateds, Western Kentucky Hilton. I believe that's what that says. Is that Hilton? Did I say it right? Oh, it cuts off. Hilltoppers. The Hilltoppers. Uh, versus the Ohio State Buckeyes will go down at the shoe. It'll be on Fox and available on 97.1 The Fan here in Columbus. Um, 2-0 and 2-0. I have a feeling the Ohio State Buckeyes will come out on top. Uh, and that game is at 4 p.m. This Sunday, the Bengals will be playing the Ravens at 1 p.m. Uh, in Cincinnati. That game will be available uh, through YouTube Primetime and NFL Plus as well as CBS. Uh, the Cleveland Browns will be in uh, uh, Pittsburgh on Monday for Monday Night Football with the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, friends. So let's get into some political news and then end off your weekend on a good note here on the Conservative Crusader. All right. Nearly 150 people now say they did not agree to use their names on a pro-fracking forum letter from the Cleveland.com newspaper. Uh, as a state board barrels towards a decision Monday on opening two state parks and two protected wildlife areas for fracking, its public comments are flush with nearly 150 letters under the names of people who say they did not authorize or send them. Uh, those comments trace back to at least two different entities that wage advocacy and lobbying campaigns for the natural gas industry. An investigation from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com has found. Uh, previously reported on 28 people who didn't know their name. They include a nine-year-old child and an older blind woman. Not one person interviewed for that report confirmed they agreed to put their name on the letter. Uh, Dave Yost said he vowed to investigate. So I don't know if there's a way you can find out if your name was on this letter or not. I'm kind of curious if my name was on this letter or not because I'm not a big not a big energy policy guy, but you never know. Um, so Cleveland.com reached out to 1,000 people whose name appeared on the Alliance's forum letters. 25 additional people said they didn't know, uh, knowingly authorize their names to be used. Three people said they, they did allow their name to be used. Uh, Save Ohio Parks, a grassroots advocacy organization uh, oppose, uh, formed to oppose fracking, conducted similar research. Their volunteers called 735 people of 115 reach. 98 said they did not submit a letter, according to the organization. Uh, 17 of those people were also con contacted uh, by Cleveland.com. That means 137 people have either told uh, Cleveland.com or in the Plain Dealer or Save Ohio Parks that they did not submit, uh, knowingly authorize the forum letters submitted by the Consumer Energy Alliance, which has submitted more than 1,000 forum letters uh, to use their information. So Consumer Energy Alliance said they use a digital trail to verify identities of those whose name appear on its forum letters. Uh, it previously described hiring a vendor to place ads on websites like Win. Dot click uh, letter number two win number four life.com or go dot top credit card finder.com. Don't go to those websites, by the way, uh, from which we, uh, users in Ohio f uh, filtered out the forum letters. I'm going I'm to click on one of these. Oh, yeah, that's a, oh, that's a scam. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, now there's a big timer. Oh, that's terrible. That's, I probably just got 16 viruses on my work computer. That's great. Um, some names uh, appearing on the letters actually rejected the the uh, that explanation. 
They searched the internet for a credit card. That doesn't mean I gave them permission to use my name, Amanda Birmingham of Cincinnati, who said her name was used without her knowing permission on a public comment. So there's an article here. I'm going to put it in the bottom of the show notes below. So in the bottom of my sourced stories page, you can find it. And I'll put a little capital thing at the beginning of it. The first word will be capital. And you can click on that and you can find out if your name's there or not. Um, So they have the PDF across 14 different PDFs. So good luck finding it. But you can find out through that way if your name was used or not, if you did not consent. And if you're that desperate, maybe you're not doing the right thing. And I, I don't know why. This is such a big deal. Why are we doing... I mean, I am. I support Ohio Energy. I support getting oil from here in America, here in Ohio. Um, but I don't support digging up natural uh, state landmarks for it. And I, I don't know everything about this story. That's why I didn't sign on to a side. I didn't want to cover this story. Um, but when you're using the name of 150 people not consenting uh, to use your name for, for policy, that's not legal. You can't lie and say these people support your policy. Maybe they vote for your candidates that you endorse. Maybe they, they've donated money. But if you haven't reached out to them and said, hey, are you fine if we put your name here? You cannot put their name there. It's not how that works, folks. And if you're in politics and you do that, that's like um, oh, that's like a, a knocking doors. <laughs> I have a lot of stories from my knocking doors days. And, and oh, yeah, I knocked this door. I, I didn't talk to anyone, but they have a Trump sign, so. No, you don't do that. You talk to them, make sure they're still voting early or they're voting on time or they're voting by absentee. You put that down. You can't just go by the signs. If they have a Biden sign, maybe don't worry about the Biden signs. But if you have a Trump sign, talk to them, make a connection, make sure they know about the rest of the ticket. You can't just say they're voting for Trump and then go along with it. You can't say they support energy policy and just signing their name onto it because they looked up a credit card. It's atrocious. It really is. All right. So fall's coming up, friends. If it's not already among us um, properly, I went to the Moo Moo Car Wash the other day. I had a uh, pumpkin spice air freshener. Not really sure what that was all about. Smelled good, though. Um, So an Ohio corn maze named among one of the most iconic fall activities in the entire country, um, McPeak's Mighty Maze in uh, Coshocton, Ohio, was highlighted among the website's trip to the website... uh, doesn't even say a trip to discover's list of iconic fall activities and where to enjoy them. The list, which includes apple picking, cider tasting, haunted houses, and more, highlighted McPeak as one of the three must-visit corn mazes in the country. It's family-friendly with a giant corn maze and a kids' corn maze that sits on over seven acres of farmland. Everyone from tiny tots to adults will find something to enjoy here in addition to the maze with wagon rides, barrel train rides, a duck race, and more. Plus, there's a campground with tent sites, RV uh, sites, and cabins available if you want to stay a while. Campers get free admission to the legendary Labyrinth 2. This year's corn maze theme is the Amazing Bee, which encourages guests to get lost in this bee-inspired corn maze design, according to McPeak's website. There's also a kid's corn maze for the little ones who don't uh, need to get too lost per McPeak's. It's a cool list. Uh, I I read through it a little bit. And the fact that something from Ohio is that that national and that big of an attention is, is very cool. Um, I always remember going to, uh, in Milford Center, the the, the Maze, the M-A-I-Z-E. I think it's still pronounced Maze, but that's how it's spelled. Um, very cool. It was, it was always a, a fun time to go to, to corn festivals and pumpkin patches and corn mazes and hay rides and everything like that. It's always, always 
pretty cool. And it's always a good time of year for fall. I have a question for you for those who are sticking around to the last moment of the program. You can probably put this on the uh, Q&A section on Spotify or send me an email, josh at gopjosh.com. What kind of music do you associate with the fall? Do you associate, you know, a country style, more uh, classical? Are you already playing Christmas tunes, which I can't say I'm not? Um, Let me know. And I'm kind of going to... But what what are my thoughts of like a um a country or a a song that I kind of listen to this time of year? I'm a, I'm kind of a more I'm turning into like a Morgan Wallen guy. If you guys are I've heard of Morgan Wallen, we're getting a phone call on the line. We'll cover that in a second. Um, that'll be after the program. I'm gonna this is kind of like my my fall vibes. This is like a fall vibe to me, you know. Let me know what you think. Uh, email me josh at gopjosh.com and we'll return on Monday. It'll be the 18th. Or are we on the right day? Right right track here. On the 18th of September 2023. But until then, my friends, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned. This is a production of the Red Future Radio Network. See you on Monday. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader.